Let's start this. Let's get it started. Sorry. I'm done. I'm usually say. one of those people that, if you say what that reminds me of a song, actually. Oh, you remind me of one, my aunt. <laughs> like, she could, she could actually sing with any word. And, like... Real songs, not like her yeah. own songs. Like she could remember a song that starts with the word. Oh, music! Said. Music is just so. Yeah, I'm worried. Depend. Okay, I'm never going to <laughs> arguments with. Yeah, music, music is overrated. I feel like with humans, the the three things that we have going for us yeah. as humanity: music, food, and sex. Not just sex, orgasms. But orgasms are rare, though. No, they are not right if you are with the right person. <laughs> <laughs> or if you are with the right instrument. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Instrumental person. <laughs> this episode of the You and I podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Welcome to the You and I podcast. Welcome. I have a special guest. I'm going to call you Ife Dolapo, the full name. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So Ife Dolapo is here with me in Egbeda, where she has never been before. Um, yeah. At least I invited you somewhere. I think that. I've been. I don't know if I've been to Egbeda. There's one. Is Egbeda close to Yanokpaja? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have. You've passed by it. Because you have I'm to not pass sure, by it. Because the place I was passing it. through was looking very unfamiliar. But I know. Maybe, maybe it has been a long have. time now. Yeah. Very probably was time. a long time yeah makes sense so um welcome to the podcast this mm-hmm. is really a real huge pleasure she's like a celebrity no she please don't go there ah. like she has a million followers on twitter please. A million or more. <laughs> how many followers do you have i don't know you don't count it <sighs> let me check maybe let like twelve thousand. jesus christ but that's just it is there a way you can share that some is with me not what is going to define me in this podcast okay so let me do my intro myself so, wait wait before you do that yeah. i want to ask this question yeah would you consider yourself an influencer not really because i'm not really using my 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 connections to you know achieve any goal in mind i just come to twitter to chill i feel like for you to be an influencer is to have the attention of like in my case twelve thousand people and to a exploit it or not exploit passive but just in explore way, yeah. it in a way that it you benefits are you and it also, yeah it yeah. benefits so me i don't do it. i just come i see most of the people that follow me are just guys and they see fine girls or something Aww. it's the like, truth which is which is dope that you acknowledge <laughs> that um she's actually pretty so thank you how do you do deal with that you know the you know for a fact i think i saw a tweet that you made I think today or yesterday. Yeah, we said, talked about my face. If you're a fine girl, I'm a fine girl, agreed, agreed and yeah. stuff like that. So that's awareness of your beauty. How? Yeah. When did it get to you that you, at what point did you realize that? I'm not trying, I look good. Honestly, it was even like less than 10 years ago. I did not think I was actually fine until maybe 2012. I'd always felt like I was. And that's the thing. Body dysmorphia is a bastard, so to say, because I, the image I had of myself um, was totally, totally different from what I really was. I'd see pictures of me that were fine, and I just could not see me in those pictures. So I used to think I was very, very dark, like you kind of dark. I thought I was darker than my sister. <laughs> which I obviously am not. I just could not see it. Um, I, I thought I was... I had this scar on my face. So I was this kind of person that whenever I looked in the mirror, first thing my eyes always went to was the my scar. scar. So it sort of became this defining feature of my face, which was weird because most people don't see it. So um, I, I went through school, you know, always hiding my face. I have, like, I had an accident with my thumb, like... Now I can do this, but when I was young, I was always doing things like this. Cause to hide it. yes, I was very, very conscious of myself. And then there was a day that I stood in front of the mirror, and I wore a wig, and I was like, I don't look bad. But when I now pulled it off, I was like, Oh no, nah, you don't look good. And I legit <laughs> said to myself in the mirror that the like you are ugly. I actually said that, and I actually accepted it. So it was more of a. What that Tyrion Lannister? Is it Tyrion or 
Um, the the, one. Yeah, the dwarf. He said something about, you know, owning your shit and people won't use it to hurt you. Yeah. So yeah. before then and even after, people would say things like, oh, you look like a boy. Maybe because puberty hadn't hit that time. And it's like, oh, they see me and my sister. And then they'd make, like, you know, jest of me. And I just was like, okay, I know I'm ugly. What do you have to say next? I know. But 2011, and that is very, very funny because 2011 came, I started making my hair and a lot of people who weren't even talking to me at the time when we were in secondary school started reaching out to me. And the first guy that asked me to be his girlfriend actually said yes because I was scared that, really? you know, this might be my only chance at the relationship. I just did not think that, you know, I could be that person that was attractive physically and... You know, from there, I'd say that external validation had a thing. You know, people telling me that, oh, see, fine girl. Yeah. And it was like, and then I started seeing the fineness and the scars just started fading away. And, you know. Yeah, for, because a lot of times people talk about, you know, external validation and how something can be hurtful. Yeah. But obviously this one worked in a way to your favor. Yeah. Because I, I think when other people started seeing how yeah. you were, you had to start acknowledging it yourself. Acknowledging. But I think it's because I wasn't chasing it. I feel like if I was chasing external validation before yeah. it came to yeah. me, I would have done a lot of things True. just to get that validation. But because I, I was just in my own corner there and people would be like, oh my god there was this time i was in a restaurant i wanted to buy food okay. and that was the first time someone actually told me i was fine i don't know why i remember this event and i went to the restaurant i was standing there this guy turned and he said fine girl i was angry because i felt like he was patronizing me or he was being sarcastic and i actually walked out of it. but now you realize he actually made yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. poor fella <laughs> Wherever he is, I hope you accept the apology. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was mad. But it just felt you? like he was being sarcastic. My mind, I was like, did, did you have you wearing? to? Were you, were you rough or something? I wasn't like? really rough. I was like, I, I was wearing my normal trousers and <laughs> t-shirt. I just felt So basically, weird. it was not really him. It was not him saying it. It was just maybe something else just... Yeah, I was just too... too I don't know. I was just too crazy in my own mind to even think that I was a fine person. Yeah. So it just felt like, it's like going to a short person and say, ah, ah, guy, um, see these giants. <laughs> You'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you went to a short person and say, see this giant, and the, short, the person saying, see this giant is actually a dwarf, that, that okay, like yeah, fine. Yeah. But it, it, I think that's whole, like you said, not chasing the validation, yeah. just being in your own space and it coming to you. I think that that makes sense. So, finally, 2011, you discovered that you're actually fine. Mm-hmm. The revelation hits you. you yeah, know, but I still had like, you know, it wasn't like absolute, like right okay, now. Okay, okay. You know, so when I did it become absolute? That you could satisfy that, a, yes. It wasn't a, you know, one day I woke up and found out I was fine. Oh. But there was a day that I woke up and I and I thought about it and I actually realized that I wasn't really ashamed of the things that I used to be insecure about. You know, I could talk about how I went through life without feeling any sort of shame and stuff. But I would say the points where I felt like, you know, bad bitch 100 was... Um, honestly, I can't put a finger to it, but I want to say 2019. I'll say 2019 because I got into skincare, you know. I started taking care of myself, so I started watching for results and taking pictures. I was like, hmm, this is nice. And that time I had co-workers who I used to go to different people every day to tell them, look at these pictures. Which one do you think is the finest? I want to post this shit. You know, I'm feeling myself today. I had a co-worker where I take cameras from and... I was vain at that point because I was really enjoying that journey to, to you know, bad bitchery. <laughs> so to say. But yeah, but that was it. Before then, I had my days. There'll be days where I'd be like, you know, what's the use of trying, Jerry? Just wear Dunlop slippers to the office. Yeah, I'm that person. You that actually wore Dunlop slippers to the office. I used to wear Dunlop slippers That's nice. To the I think most people should actually think about that. It's comfortable. They are comfortable, so why not? Yeah. 
but I'm not I'm not the kind of person that works in spaces where you need to be official. Oh, so one okay. of the things I actually thought about when I wanted to go to apply for jobs, I did not want a space where I had to be confined to a dress code know, or something. Yeah, yeah, matters of what to wear and stuff like that. I think it's interesting that you've mentioned um, external validation. You've mentioned being vain, you know, at the stage in your life where you were actually vain, posting pictures and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> these, are, these are things one would normally associate with negative emotions, like people who are vain, you know, the Instagram thingy, people mm-hmm. who seek validation. But in your way, you found a way to make them actually pull you out of your shell and you know realize who you were sort of yeah so how does that work for you how are you able to take what would otherwise be negative negative and turn to positive so now i'll be honest there were times where you know i'll find out that i got a lot of likes with this shit and i would try to like continue chasing that high high, yeah and then i wouldn't get it and then i'll be like what was it about this tweet that you know got this level of engagement and validation validation can be that shit is like it's, it's, a like, drug. it's, a it's drug. Yeah. <laughs> like cocaine so when you're exposed to it you know you just want to get it again and again it feels good like yeah it does yeah it does. as much as we like forming oh i'm not yeah, like yeah. other people <laughs> when people agree with you that shit feels oh, good. oh my god so at a time, I was, you know, that person who did... I used to have an account before. It fell on that Skodolakwa. That was the account. It's no longer in use. And that was... At that point in my life, and I was going through a lot of things then, social media became, like, my... my The only thing that was giving me any sort of validation in terms of even as a person... So I was always, you'd see me always arguing online, always doing this. I'm not saying that I'm not still controversial, but I don't really, you know, try to, you know, try, like, if I say something controversial, because what I think, not because yeah. I'm trying to get whatever I'm response. Yeah. yeah, I'm not pandering to anybody's, um, you know, emotions and whatever. But at that time, that was all it was for me. I was always going, going, going. And then at, at a time, I just realized that, you know, there really is no use. You are shitty. Like, I felt shitty as a person. And it's like, your phone will die soon. And you're going to turn back to this shitty life. It's going. It's it's better for you to just, like, you know, be a person who external validation is, like, you know, icing on the cake. Because you know that, you know, you are the red velvet. Nobody is trying to use, you know, frosting. Or chocolate for those who like chocolate. Mm. Red (laughs) velvet and you know all that stuff so that was one of the things that made me realize because external validation that shit is like no it's 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 sweet i think i did an episode where i was talking about during the valentine day fiasco where i was talking about how most of us who are single will get like well it's just valentine there's nothing to it actually there is something everybody would like to get the gift or you know be told that they are you know people like that that external validation coming from someone you actually like or trust it means a lot it boosts your morale or whatnot you know that's why they tell you people like you know tell your loved ones you love them you know let them know because if we decide that you're not going to feel validated or you know you are not as a person it should always be a balance if all you are getting is criticism and you are not getting Mm. any validation from anybody or you know from even yourself and every time you interact with people you're getting criticism criticism even if it is a lie eh at a point, it begins to sound yes, like it's yes, true because yes. you you start to feel crazy. Like you know, this person is saying no, 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 no. Like what so they, exactly they is wrong? Might be so I feel like yeah. validation should also be like people shouldn't chase validation, but yeah. you shouldn't try. You shouldn't it. Basically. You shouldn't scorn it. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, so validations aside, being vain, you took pictures finally you got into yourself you know yeah. discovered that you're a bad bitch 1000 uh, <laughs> how, how does that feel now you know what's funny before before i got into this stage where i wanted to have 
some kind of body or you know look some type of way i just thought that if i got to that space that is all like you know nobody can tell me anything i'm going to be on top of the world i know i know the feeling but now that i am here not this particular body but now i am loving myself as a person i i don't you know try to look at this space or this space or this space so i'm not hiding anything from anybody it just feels like a natural part of me it just feels like just another it's as normal as yeah. you know any like a handbag or anything with me it, it just felt like you know so i was chasing this thing that wasn't all that i would say it's not gratifying but in a way yeah it, it is gratifying but it's not like the absolute it's not exactly it doesn't feel like else, an orgasm yeah. Yeah. Why do you have to? <laughs> no, that's that's like but, I feel but like. About, but, yeah. but that's the thing. I think it's different from um, from an orgasm because sometimes an orgasm can be gratifying, but then it just goes downhill from there. Not when you're a woman. Really? Yeah. Shit sucks to be a man. What? Yeah, you should get a clitoris sometimes. <laughs> your free time. Clitorises are like. But so, anyways, that's not what we are here. I don't want to. But get basically, yeah. orgasms aside, getting the clitoris aside. You are at this stage in your life where you feel more in love with yourself. Yes. Right. But well, not in love with myself. I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm in love with myself, but I am very comfortable at most as- about most aspects of my life. I'm okay. still a poor person. So I feel like if I am, if I make more money... You're I'm still a poor com- person. Yes, now. Everybody's still a poor person. I think Elon Musk is still a poor person in his own right because... Guy, mm. there, there's Elon Musk poverty and there's Fedolapo poverty. Yeah, and everybody will like Elon Musk poverty. <laughs> but okay, so you you are at this stage where you're not yet rich. <laughs> yeah, but yet. I don't feel bad about okay, it. Okay, you don't feel bad about yeah. it. You're basically comfortable in your own skin. Can we say that? But I'm aspiring for more. Okay. Actively aspiring for more. Everybody is. So yeah. you are at this stage in that. I'm not life. complacent. I'm comfortable, but not complacent. That's dope. Comfortable, not complacent. Yeah. And based on the article you wrote a, a few weeks back, which is why we are having this conversation, <laughs> <laughs> because that article was just one word, was incredible. I actually oh, enjoyed it thank because. Thank you. <laughs> stop making that face. Like, it, it was really good because I don't think people have. I don't. Maybe, maybe we've not read anything like that where people are coming from the whole. Normally, we have the weight loss journey. Like, how was yeah. your weight loss journey? As opposed to... We don't, I don't think we have a lot of how was your weight, weight gain, gain journey. journey yeah. So that made it a little bit nuanced. It felt fresh. Yeah. So we understand that at this point in your life, you feel, you, you feel much better. You're hoping for more, but you feel much better, much in love with yourself. Not to use the word in love, but... This did not just start from now. Like, it didn't just spring oh, out from no. anywhere. How did you start this journey exactly? So, um, I started with, ad- with the article talking about my obsession with my body because if you've been following me on Twitter for a while, you'd find out that, that, you know, there are times where I talk about my body and it's not like once, twice. It's <laughs> a like, lot of yeah, you feel like if you follow me on Twitter, you think that all I do is just put a mirror there and just stand. But that's what, basically, that's, you do that a lot. I do that a lot. <laughs> so, you know, I look in the mirror and I look in the mirror a lot. That is weird. I just came to that realization so I, well, right now. I, I, I don't think, maybe, maybe this is just me, but uh. I do this thing where if I'm passing by somewhere that day, yeah, you check I, yourself. I must check myself <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh god, this is really good, you know. I yeah. feel like, oh. but um, I'd say that I've always been very conscious of my body and what I look like outwards. Okay, it's just the emotion that I showed towards it that was different. How um, do you mean? right now, I look at body and I'm just looking at my curves and I'm like, ah, ah, just look at yourself, choke yourself out now, like, I'm <laughs> seeing yourself. <laughs> Before, I would stand in front of the body and the next thing would be um, looking at my stomach and it's like, I don't like this. Like, I'm, I don't like what I'm seeing. I need it to be flat. There was a core article I wrote one time where they were talking about, you know, whose body do you wish you had? And I, I, I kept um, Kendall Jenner and I think I put Kendall Jenner's boobs and Gigi had this test because I really wanted my stomach to be flat. 
which was weird because I was barely a size six at the time and I thought I was fat as fuck. And I, I, I started to starve myself. And it's not just about weight loss. Weight loss was the one thing I clung to. It was like this identifier for my mental issues because at that time I was really in the dumps. I wasn't feeling good about myself and about existing at all. So um, I would always, I'll take a lot of food and then I'll take laxatives just to like purge myself because I couldn't like, I was always, and then I just stopped eating altogether because I needed that body. I just wanted that one thing that would make me feel fulfilled at least. That was how it felt at the time. And I just channeled all my motivation that I was getting into losing weight, so to say. I hope that makes sense. I feel like I'm still love. Rubbish. No, it makes sense. It does make sense. It does make okay. sense. So at that time, I just felt that I needed to lose weight. I needed to lose weight. And when I look at the pictures that I took in 2015, 2016, I was emaciated. I was looking... Like when you look at it now. Yeah, when I look at it now. And it's so scary because I'm like... I'm not the only one that is suffering from eating disorders. And if this is how people who go through... or That suffered from... Sorry. And if this is how people who go through um, anorexia and bulimia... If this is how they think, then we have a serious problem on our hands. And, you know, I went through that phase where I was just losing weight and losing weight and losing weight until I had to be rushed to the ER. And I remember the doctor who said, um, she was talking to me and she was telling me, okay, what have you eaten? Which is funny because what made me land in the ER was because I ate rice. So jollof rice I ate that day, I remember, and I threw up. I, like, I was just throwing up and throwing up and throwing up and throwing up. I had not taken my laxatives yet. And then I went to the ear, and then she was looking at me, and then she was, I don't know, they were doing some stuff. And then she sat me down and was talking to me about, when was the last time you ate? Um, <clears throat> just asking me um, normal questions. Do you exercise? Do you do this and that? And I was like, no. And then she told me that... Um, have you heard of anorexia before? Which I had because at that time I was obsessed with pop culture, American yeah, pop culture. Yeah. So I was following the personal lives of celebrities. And I, I, I read um, an article about Demi Lovato where she was talking about suffering from bulimia. And then they talked about anorexia. And then I read all about anorexia. And then I was actually like looking at pictures of, of people. And I was like, why are they so thin? Like, this but is you couldn't disturbing. see it yourself. I could not see it in myself because I thought I was fat. Like, I actively yeah. thought I was fat. There was someone who, who DM'd me on Twitter at that particular time. And the person asked me, are you fat? And I said, kinda. I said, kinda, because I did not want to, to say I, I was looking as fat as unattractive. But I didn't want to say yes. Because that was how I yeah. felt. Because I didn't want him to be repulsed, so to say, you know. And I just said, kinda. Another thing I was, a, I was, <laughs> I was thin. And I went to, and then she told me I had anorexia. And I just laughed. Like, Sarah laughed at the angel. Like, me that is fat like this. Uh, yeah. And you were not fat. And I was a fat. And, you know, I just continued, 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 landed in the ER again. And the second time. Yeah, they found out that I'd had some complications. I stopped menstruating after a while. Yeah, I still have... Due like, to the anorexia? Um, yes. I stopped. I had, like, a lot of shit going on. I think my... Was it, was it blood count was low at the time? And I just couldn't... I, I was having... I couldn't sleep. And, you know, that was when the doctor came and talked to, you know, me and talked to my parents and said you need to eat and at that time i wasn't i wouldn't say i was starving myself all i ate at the time was gary gary and meat like my parents would lock the store and i would jump the fence into the store to take gary to eat when there was rice there was amala there was this and that and that and they just stopped buying gary all together and what did i do i started going to my friend's place to drink gary Wait, so and I don't go out like that was like to tell you how much of a problem and how disturbing it was because you felt you were fat like 
this was still yeah but that's the thing even at the time when i was looking i was taking gary it just felt normal for me that was the only thing i wanted to eat at the time so it wasn't even that when i was drinking gary i was thinking of losing weight it was just what i was after yeah that's just the thing and you know i had famous amos and then fanta pineapple but that was like you know treat myself once (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i just felt it was just well, how, how, how did those around you see you? Because if you yourself were seeing yourself at that point in time So that's why fat. I wrote the article. People saw me falling sick and they saw me losing weight. But nobody thought it was a problem until I entered the air. And meanwhile, we have healthy fat people just existing, the doing their own shit. And people, problem. yeah, and the first thing is... Look at how much space this person is taking containing, yeah. sorry, taking up. Look at, you know, you can't even run. Okay, so <laughs> I don't want to because I always feel like sometimes we need to acknowledge things about people. But like I said, in the, my parents are fatphobic. But I wouldn't. I don't want to be like you know, I'm bashing my parents or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it's the truth. I think and most. It's because, I think most parents. Yeah, and it's because of what are, yeah. um, you know, they've been exposed to the True. ideologies of the general African parent. And my dad used to say something that stuck with me, and it used to be funny. And yesterday I was telling myself like, what is so funny about being fat that everybody uses it? Like being fat is a trope. In even American comedy, yeah. you know, they talk. The fat girl comes she's, out, and you know, she's the, the funny one. The, audience, yeah. imagine she comes out, she falls down. Everybody like, ha ha ha, and like, like why? Yeah. So my dad used to say this thing where he would be like, you know, you know, this person is too fat. Like, how can you see yourself and stand in front of a mirror and you can't even see your entire body? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I just laughed. (laughs) Yeah, but that was what he he always said. And, you know, and because of growing up in that kind of environment, I started becoming fatphobic. And I always tell, there was a time I was having um, a discussion with someone on Twitter. And they're talking about how phobia is fear, fear, fear. But I always say that when it comes to social issues and political issues, phobia isn't just fear. Phobia is discrimination. Phobia is bias. And when we talk about fat phobia, we are not saying that you the feel threatened by, by fat people, people or, you know, you hate them. I'm just saying those tiny them, yeah. biases that you see, the fact that you can see someone lose weight and the first thing you feel in your, you know, your first response is feeling relieved on the, on you know, behalf. for that person yeah. you're on their behalf. That is fat phobia. Because again, when I did my research, so I'm just going to own up and say that first time I read that article, I wanted to share my own story because I was feeling very, you know, inspired. I wanted to discuss fat phobia, but using my own story. Yeah. And then I shared it to a friend, Hassan. Shout out to Hassan. And we had this long argument about fat phobia. And I just noticed that he wasn't seeing the point I was trying to make. Make, okay. And I shared it to somebody else. I shared it to fat people too that were in my circle. And they were saying that. And the only response I was getting at the time was, oh, I love your story. I'm sorry if you went through that. And which was, I wasn't, I didn't want people to pity me. Yeah. I just wanted people to just come to terms with the fact that fat phobia is a thing. It is innate. It is in society. Just, you know, let us acknowledge it yeah. and then move forward on how we can now, you know, navigate with this knowledge. And having that that argument with Hassan just made me realize that I needed to to talk less about myself and more about fat phobia. And then I decided to talk about um, weight gain and how weight gain is fat phobic. Yeah. And I remember there's one particular, if you go to the article, there's one particular phrase I, I... Boldened. Is that a word? <laughs> can walk. And I, I, that, that phrase was, two people can be of the same gender and the same weight, but look different. Because when we are talking about um, physical health and healthy living, we are not just talking weight. We are talking body composition. We are talking flexibility. We are talking a whole lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, 
weight gain or weight loss in itself is just one subset of body composition, which is one subset of healthy living. And we have now decided to take which is not even like which is just one of the things that contribute and just make it that thing you know you go to gyms and you know when they're advertising these things you see somebody wearing fat pants and then putting their hands there to to show you the difference and we buy into these things It's, it's those subtle things that and it's not even just looking at the fat person it's taking things people consider as fat like your back rolls yeah. And saying, oh, you know, why are you having back rows? You're not even that fat. Like, that is fat phobic. Or, you know, you have these advertisements that talk about slim tea because somehow you drinking one leaf <laughs> is going to flush out, you know, oh, all of the sexiness. Like, mm. how? Like, what is the idea? And people keep falling for it. Um, one person that I know was influential in things like that was Khloe Kardashian. She was a fat person in her family at the point. Yeah. And then, then she, everybody yeah. started criticizing and making jokes and all and of she then that. Had to. And she had to, like, rebrand and all that shit. My point is... If we now talk about fat phobia and you acknowledge that and you know you know that this is how it is because I feel like people just are conditioned and just move along with that form of conditioning. They don't they don't step back to say, Hey, you know, this thing that society is feeding me, is it sweet? Is it bitter? Is it poison? Is it jollof rice? Because at the end of the day, like if you grow up looking at this mic now and they're telling you this is a chair this is a chair this is a chair and everybody around you saying this is a a chair chair. just because you are being conditioned into it doesn't make it you know what it is and because it doesn't seem like it feels like you are concerned for the person i always feel like for you to be able to express concern you have to come from a place of understanding which isn't Mm. all like you know the case all of the time but i feel like to a very large extent especially when it comes to things like somebody gaining weight someone losing weight you can't just look at somebody and just because this person is fat and say this person is unhealthy yeah and people don't even realize that which is a problem that is like one of the major problems we have People not realizing. If if you don't realize, where do we go from there? We can't drag you out of your fat phobia. You know, we can't insult you out of your fat phobia because all we are going to do is silence you and you are still going to continue in that line of thinking, which is dangerous because you have impressionable people. You're going to have children. And this issue is going to continue because there are thousands of people who think like this and then they're impacting it on their children. And here you are trying to navigate it. And even if your son, you give birth to a son and your son is fat, this person is going to interact with those people's children. And that person is going to have insecurities of his own. And, you know, another part of the article I was talking about was also the other things that, um, you know, equate to, or will I say equate that, other factors that contribute to people being fat. Um, I read this article by uh, i don't know if his name is shegun shegun from comment section he shared the article with me where he was talking about um he wasn't the one that wrote it so someone else they're talking about studies showing that um human beings are not the one getting fatter you know no (laughs) human beings are not the only species getting getting fatter rats are getting fatter um and they were talking about how uh, because rats are for sure (laughs) (laughs) and then they're talking about how um you know the things that we are now surrounded by the industrial things that we are surrounded by things like the plastic or things we are just exposed to in terms of technology uh, it's um, one of the things that contributes into it because um the things we eat surely do contribute but to now make it a thing because you know a fat person god forbid a fat person wants to eat a burger 
or yeah, wants to like eat the, chicken. Like why it's is like, putting why, themselves through like that? Pity why? yourself now. Like that kind of thing. In other words, we we forget about the, the happiness factor. That burger is satisfying to that person yeah, at that moment. We forget about that. We just want to why why do you want to kill yourself? Exactly. And I'm going to admit I was once like that. Hmm. But you know, and that's what I feel like you have to have those conversations with yourself to see. You can't just going online, if you're having conversations with everybody, you're not going to get to one point. You have to also have these conversations with yourself. You have to go and do your own research because when if you're going to trust what everybody is going to say, you're just going to end up nowhere because there is okay, there are certain things that Twitter agrees to, like, you know, say no to rape. Answers and all that shit. Even at that, there are still there are still people de- exactly. So the, the entire world is not even united on a particular thing. So I feel like you need to because you're a person and you know you're mature being and just do your own research. Would, would you say it's, it is just basically easier for people to point out to a fight person and say this person is unhealthy as opposed to because your article spoke about you know there are other factors other components that adds to body weight and everything else and the way you wrote it it showed that you did your research do you think it's easier for people just say you know what this person is fat so they are unhealthy as opposed to actually trying to understand that there's so much else that goes into all of this i think i saw a post by lizzo at the point in time where she was saying she actually does exercise a lot. Oh yeah, she but does. her body mass is just that. Oh my you know, God, she just she does. she's like that. Like she could be in the gym for hours and still that's what she yeah. gets. And and there was a time that I now I started looking at it and I'm like, if this lady lost, like if she ends up losing a significant amount of, amount weight. of weight, you know, a lot of people would use that as ammunition like see you know you see and and that's the point even people there are people who lose weight because they have been fed this idea that they need to lose weight to be healthy but that's the thing like different things work for different people at the time when i had my eating disorder i did not need to lose weight to be healthy i was slim but i was unhealthy at the time what i needed at the time was to I had weight, which I did, and you know, it's been going well for me. I can stomach like 5,000 naira small chops and nothing will happen. And yes, I do, and I'm fat. Kill me. Well, I, don't yeah, fat. I, I don't think I'm fat. I think maybe it boils down to the fact that we're in a world where fitness has become the exactly. in thing. It's like that aesthetics now, you know, everybody wants to go to the gym, everybody wants to take a yeah. picture, everybody wants to pander to what, what the ideal appearance of a, you know, a healthy person should be, you know, the abs and everything else. Yeah. Without actually considering the fact that you can actually, like, okay, I think I have, I had a friend, I won't call him a friend per se, a gym body. Like, the amount of time this guy spends in the gym and gets results I probably would spend five months and I'll still not get nothing. And it was nothing about whether we we're doing something different. It's just that exactly. his own metabolism was quite different. And it worked in faster. The articles you know? that I read in understanding, you know, body composition, they were like, there are certain, there is a certain amount of weight you need to be able to carry your body because you have things like your bone hmm. density, your body mass. So nobody even thinks about bone so density. So nobody thinks about those things. And they're just, just like, so what if, you know, the weight that you are losing is actually what you need to be healthy as a person. To walk. And yeah, and we talk about these things. And the problem now is that, you know, Another problem, because there are a lot of problems. Everything <laughs> <laughs> that there are even fat people who are subscribed to the idea that you know they need to lose weight. And I'm not. I'm going to say upfront, there are people that need to lose weight. But I feel yeah. like before you even go into your weight loss or your weight journey, you need to familiarize yourself with the facts. You know, is this what I need? Maybe I don't even need to lose weight. Maybe I just need to be more flexible because, you know, my body is a little stiff. Or maybe, um, you know, I need to do this or do so that. Do, maybe it's no weight I need yoga to or something. Be. Exactly. Maybe I need to work on my whatever. I mean, nothing's coming to mind. But, yeah, my point is 
they are far, they are fat people are people, and they are being exposed into the world that is targeting them and using them as the mascot for unhealthiness. So that when they now lose weight, the they themselves feel fulfilled, and it can be a good thing. Maybe the weight loss was what they needed at the end of the day, but the perspective that they are coming from is fatphobic and that is why you know i say that even as a fat person you can be fatphobic to your own self to other people around you this thing is intrinsic. You open, you put on the TV, and everything you know, is pointing it's, to that. It's yeah. like those little things. There's just adding and adding and adding and. You adding. must see something that you know, actually yes. suggested to you. Like, if you see a fat person in any like the fat person is always mm. the butt of the joke. Yeah, they don't. See there was a time in American comedy just because of now because of the Kardashian esque yeah. figure before. There was a time in movies where the wife would be insecure, you know, of her own self. And what she would say is, does this outfit make my ass look fat? Hmm. But now, ass, fat ass is like the in Exactly. Thing. So it's like trends are shifting, trends are shifting. But you don't even have to be pushing the trends for you to know this is what people, like society is validating right now. Hmm. You see it everywhere. There are, you know... You hear it from your parents, even though you don't pay attention to it. You you go to your school, you you know you hear it um, from the way if you're fat, they call you biggie or you. Yeah, know. they actually do that. For so me. so it now becomes <laughs> something that when you now begin to see that this, you know, society laughs at fat people hmm. and they call you biggie, which is taking your fatness and making it an identifier for you. For yeah. you. Yeah. But it's like, oh, go me big guy. You already know this person is fat. That is already making that mm. your body, your weight, your identifier. It becomes an issue because why? Like, I always say that society, especially for fat women, society is always looking for one thing to point to. Like, mm. just always looking for one thing. And if you understand that this is just society, society in like you let go but some people don't even you know they don't even have that i don't say opportunity i don't have the right word right now but you know they don't they, they don't think about these things because you, you know, don't have that awareness sometimes you, know. you even think of it honestly there are times you think of it before when i saw ashley graham i was like man this girl is beautiful is it ashley graham yeah the yeah, swimsuit mother, yeah the yeah. swimsuit i was like my god this girl is beautiful i saw um megan trainer don't say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's really, really pretty oh, like, this girl is beautiful that, and then, and then i saw way. that you know plus size models were a thing but even at the time i had to go through my own personal journey even when things because i was already fed with those um those ideologies of fatness and stuff. So I already had it in me. And sometimes the the story can shift and you still be feeling like a shit. Hmm. Society will leave you and move on to other trends and the damage has been done already. And nobody actually cares. No, honestly, nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that, that 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 makes sense. It's but I feel like it's actually kind of dicey because when most people argue about this thing, they always like, well, you can't argue with biology, you can't argue oh. with science, you know. Um, obesity is an issue because, but again, I don't think people actually know that there's a difference between somebody being obese and, then and somebody you know looking see big. When people of. say things like, oh, um, you can't argue with biology, you can't argue with science that is coming from a point of ignorance because if you're talking biology let's talk you know weights let's talk flexibility let's talk about body composition let's talk about body um you know your bmi and bvi nobody talks about that shit and nobody 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 real exactly so where where is the knowledge that you are arming yourself with Mm. you're only taking a chunk of the knowledge that you can use to support your argument to argue and i always say it like if fat people are telling you this is what we're experiencing as a teen person the first thing you need to do if you're really concerned about their wealth is listen if you cannot relate to the realities of the people, just listen. Because society has given you some sort of privilege, whether it is as it is, um, you know, being white or you know, being male or you know, being skinny. Just listen. 
you know, people talk about skinny people too going through some sort of bias and, and then true, they look, put on some weight and da, 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 da. I listen to them, I empathize with them. But you know how sometimes women are talking about their issues and then men just they, drop they down like, like, but men go men through also, this. It's not that a competition. Of, it's not a competition, basically. Your time will come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to look at it from that angle, but yeah, but this is not like the the time to try to use. It should not be a rebuttal. Yeah, to it should not like, be a rebuttal to things like um, fat phobia, and we are talking. You people talk about things like oh, what you eat affects your weight. The thing with science is science is not. 100% facts. They mm. call them theories. Like, we have theories because theories have not gone through that process where yet they would be yeah. ab- absolutely facts. facts. Yeah. Like, you know, we have facts, we have theories, we have hypotheses. It's always like it's a journey. So, when but we, I think we just about, use that blanket statement of science and yeah, to else. just cover everything, yeah. which is like exactly so. When we talk about things like evolution theory, okay, let me not even go into oh, that. Oh, let's go there. Let's go. <laughs> so, when we talk about evolution theory, it's not like you know. How can you believe that you know something came out of something? We are not saying it's a fact. We are saying it's a possibility, and scientists are working towards the achievement, or you know, the the approval or disapproval of this particular theory. And, and we are saying basically that it's, it is it's a the more reasonable possibility than that the this biblical is story of than just or, coming from yeah, the whatever religion is pointing up to. But it doesn't mean that that was what we are taking to be true. People do not want to, you know, acknowledge the fact that it's actually quite difficult. Especially in a society like ours, to actually be very empathetic towards fat people, towards because most of us we feel like our sort of empathy is oh we are showing concern oh you need to lose weight you need to go to the gym you need to exercise more and that is us being empathetic and it was something you hit in your, on your article about you can be empathetic and not and still be discriminatory rather yeah so how does one navigate that you know how can you be empathetic and not be biased, not be discriminatory, and not just be a, yeah. an asshole, basically. So, um, I used to say things like empathy is a skill. A skill. Yeah, you have to work towards it because there are people who just cannot be empathetic. Those those people are, you know, on, on a journey to sociopathy. Or they are there already. Or they are there already. <laughs> um, but I always say it. You can't a hundred percent understand the plight of another person. True. Fat people are saying this and that and that and that. But when you bring them and then you have them narrate their ordeals, you find out that some people are, you know, their experiences are not the same. Yeah. Are not the same. No, no two people are the same. The, their experiences are not the same. You know, and and experiences and exposure at you know varying degrees and things that shape people's perspective even though you can say that their experience like you know they have like this common concern or this common um love or something they share in common so i feel like if you understand that um you're going to do away with whatever assumptions you have because i feel like making assumptions is one of the things that is detrimental to empathy um, just seeing somebody and just deciding. Just okay. making assumptions, whether it is good assumptions or, or bad, bad assumptions, yeah. because you are already feeling a, a ground, you know, a sort of, um, I won't say expectation, but, you know, that you you now monitor the person and place it side by side with your assumptions. I always say these things to people, like if I'm getting to know you and they say, oh, I do this, I'm always like, I'm not surprised because... I did not have any assumption about you to begin with. So whether, you know, whether you, you eat beans raw, um, you know, I'll be like, that is weird because most well, people don't, don't do ketchup. that. But I won't, you know, be like, or, you know, I'm trying to do for you more. Or, yeah, or say, you're like, not, someone you're does not it, yeah. Surprised. Somebody just... has um, a some sort of weird habits that they do. You know, he's always arriving to work later he doesn't do his work on time i'm not going to be like oh my god why won't you do that that's reckless of you 
because I understand that it is possible for people to not do their work on time but still, you know, submit before the deadline. And I did not peg you to be somebody who is punctual with work. At the same time, I did not peg you with someone who is not punctual. So it's just that have this clean slate when you're approaching people. But is it possible, though? Possible, yeah. It to is. have a clean slate. To, I feel, I feel to like somebody assumptions will drop. Assumptions will drop. <laughs> assumptions will drop but at the, at the time you need to like put it aside so that's you what know? you mean by having a yeah you, you might have an inkling and just say that you know you seem like a person but i'm not going to like push that inkling or that assumption to a point where i am expecting you to meet up with yeah. it so when you listen to people that is when you can understand. And I feel like that understanding is what should come before you even show empathy. However, it's not possible for you to, to understand everything. There are things that, you know, empathy will come before understanding. But in cases where you can understand, please do. Listen, um, do your research. So whenever I have, because, you know, I grew up to be the kind of person that wasn't social i was you know shielded or get inside so when i i was interacting with people i did not know how to respond to certain things so i'll reach out to a friend that will be texting and person saying i'm sad i don't just jump into the conversation first thing i used to do is google things like how do i respond to somebody who says they are sad that was nice. before i come back because and that was when i realized saying things like um you get over it Actually was that yeah good. wasn't that empathetic because yeah. i am coming from the point where i i am your emotional ally as a friend and i feel like emotional ally allyship is like the, one of the greatest tools of friendship and i want to be your ally emotionally however i don't have you know i don't understand where to go from there but i'm not just going to dive right in and you know do my best and because I might be doing more harm than you, saying yeah. things like, oh, cheer up, you know, it's not that big a deal or mm. things like that because I want you to cheer up immediately. And you feel you're making them feel better, but so it's not. So going to understand things and, you know, doing my research and doing how best I can be an ally to you emotionally is, you know, is one of the things. Just understand, like, if you are concerned for somebody, listen to them. Because... Um, I like to make an example of something I saw in my primary school where there was this girl that was always coming late and they were always flogging her. They were always flogging her for coming late. And we used to take the school bus. I know school buses are usually very engaging, so we don't mm. look out. Then there was one day we missed the bus. And my sister and I had to, you know, trek. <laughs> and, you know, we were trekking. And I saw this girl beating for her. They lived in... Um, you know, I saw her beating for her two brothers. You know, her mom was in one corner How cooking. old were you at this point? I was really young. I was in primary school. So she was actually like the same age? Yeah, or, or but like older. two classes maybe up. And, you know, I was the youngest in my class. So yeah. that's like a wide margin, maybe like four or five years. And, and then I understood sort of why one of the yeah. factors that could be contributing to her lateness. now you come in and saying you want to correct the lateness without understanding the fact that you know you she can come and say things like yeah. wake up early now like just because that wake seems up. like the right exactly. thing to say yeah. that seems like the right things to say but in reality in an that, ideal situation yeah, wake up early. you know life life is not ideal is yeah it? exactly <laughs> like we need to stop approaching people with an all things equal being mm. equal perspective mm. because there is nothing that is equal. like sorry to brush your bubble nothing is equal like no two human beings have like when you sit down with people i understand you know where they come from the kind of environment they were exposed to the level of exposure itself will even let you know that even if this person had the tools you were offering this person might not have the the right attitude because of where they are coming from so you don't just come with all your technical know-how and you're like hmm. this is how we should solve the problem because again all things are not equal so understanding like that is i always say listen like 
you need to start listening to each other more honestly feel like everybody just wants to talk and talk and talk yeah and because talk and talk. I, I, most of us like the sound of our own voice no offense to podcasters <laughs> yeah. but most of us like how we sound we want to you know want to hear ourselves talk yeah, it's good but you know we also need to listen to people and even if you don't even listen to you don't have to listen to everybody it's true because some people might have very um, damaging information yeah. to offer, but at the same time, your your thirst for understanding and knowledge, if you have one, should be able to help or should help you filter out the useless information from the things that are useful. And I feel like if you be, as you become more exposed to good information, bad information, and you know you are more understanding of what is good and what is bad you'd become more, you know, you'd realize that a lot of things that you are approaching a particular way is not the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. So why this person is fat, somebody can be fat because they're eating too much. True. Guaranteed. But another person can be fat because um, when in the womb, which is a theory, by the way, that a starving mother is very prone to... Um, giving birth to a fat child because um, when the supply is low, that's my understanding of it, when she's eating very little, the child is evolving and and they talked about fat on the you know, cellular level and okay. it's like the, 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 the cells alter themselves in such a way that it's, it retains yeah, nutrients yeah, 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 so yeah. that they can go long days without eating because... So basically you are surviving with... They are surviving with, with very little. Yeah. So when you give birth to the child, yes, if they are eating small things like biscuit, they are going to be one of those people that if they eat one small thing... their cells are used to, you know, Used to, to hoarding all the yeah. things just to keep you on for a longer longer days so it's now saying things like you don't understand that eh you don't understand that theory and then you now see a fat child with a thin mother yeah like what are you feeding this child and when they tell you nothing you'll be like no it's not possible yeah it's not possible <laughs> or you know but somebody too can be adding weight because they ate something and some can be adding weight because they are pregnant or sometimes you see people put on weight and then it's like I thought you were pregnant. Or oh, are you and, pregnant? And some people, when I mean some people, when to myself, can add weight because they sleep a lot. Exactly. So understanding, the, like, I always say that sometimes uh, if your empathy, like, it's not every time you should even be saying everything. Sometimes just mind your business. Like, Look away. It, yeah. Like, I feel like, first of all, you have to understand your space in that person's life. Before true, true, true. You start showing concern like your opinion does not like you can't be concerned for someone from a far distance but just let your concern end there because you don't understand where this person is coming from or what has this person's physique or mental you know whatever but at the same time you know if you mind your business the person that is fat knows that they are fat I just think it's because, you know, the whole social media thing doesn't allow people to mind their business that much. Like, everybody wants to be involved with something else. Like, maybe that's what makes that, us... That, that gives is us that sense Because of, even I do it, you know, I just see something yeah. and I'm like, ah, I'm looking for trouble. And then, you know, and I'll, like, respond to it and just leave it there. And, you know, things like that. But I feel like, especially when it comes to... And every time, everybody's always talking about mental health, mental health. I feel like if you are targeting somebody, and targeting does not really mean you are bullying the person. It's just you putting this person on the spot and now, like, you know, passing yeah. commentary about it is targeting yeah. someone. Yeah. But if you, if somebody is putting on it, what's your business? Like, how does it affect you? you? And again, that comes from understanding. If you do not even understand that being weight is normal, you are going to talk about it. This is a problem. You know, it's going to look like a normal problem as somebody who, who is a man who is putting a, um, a small girl on the lap. Because you feel the need to say something like, this is inappropriate. Or, you know, mm. being fat is not inappropriate. Being fat is not, people don't even understand that. Or you see things like, oh, a lady wearing a clothes that is tightly fitted because she has big breasts. And someone's like, look at how your breasts are looking. And it's like, 
go and get me a clothes that is actually and even if she wants to expose her what's your problem and empathy in itself comes in different degrees depending on how relatable it is uh was it yesterday or day before yesterday when they were talking about akankle and when they were talking about um the girl that the wife was telling him that you know I can't produce more milk than I... For the breastfeeding yeah, saga. The, yeah, the breastfeeding thing. And she was like, at the end of the day, she was like, you know, you to bring out your breast and start pumping milk. Mm-hmm. And that's it. If if you understand that there is so little you can understand about this particular reality because you cannot relate to it. Uh, yeah, it's like um, you men talking about... Menstruation, menstruation. You would pads. do more How many listening. Pads supposed to use in a day. I think yeah. there was a male doctor that made the comment like, "Oh, you should. A woman should change her pad every four hours." And some women came from like, "What the f- do you think that pad is hundred nine? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> it's it's. I don't know. I feel like most people are, most people just feel entitled oh, to and, say and stuff. And people always say things like doctors, doctors, doctors. But here is a fun fact. And I'm not trying to discredit doctors. I have doctor friends that, you know, I just just I say, hey, something's wrong with me. Like, do you have an idea? Do I need to say pharmacist or something? However, you have to understand that medicine is not the final say. True. You know, a symptom, you can't just judge a symptom by just looking at the symptom. True. And there are many, many instances where medicine has failed people. Hmm. Medicine, medicine is not like you get. So we are not even saying that you cannot use medicine as an ammunition, but it's not a, an AK-47 that you just be targeting every argument for fast forward. Yeah, medicine, medicine. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. Or people say I'm a doctor, so so I know. I yeah. have met with Nigerian doctors. Most of the doctors I've met with, you know, they have sense, you know. But I have met with doctors that have been highly inappropriate, um, consumed by their bias, and mm. people are always saying things like, "Oh, it's not true." Somebody sharing their own story. Where are you there? Like, and and. Even that aside, like I have experienced things like that where I'm, I'm with a doctor and he's making suggestive comments or, you know, you are with a doctor and the next thing is, you know, you can see that whatever it is they are doing is coming from a bias. And that's the thing about biases. You cannot ignore them. It's mm. not it's not something that it's something that fuels you. It fuels your actions. You know, whether you don't want to see that with a fat person because you, you just automatically think that they sweat a lot yeah, and they, smell, they, and like they smell because they can't like wash in between their thighs or something to, you know, just judging everything based on their weight. I stopped menstruating because, you know, I was losing too much weight. And, you know, when I continued having the issues when I was adding weight, people were telling me, or, you know, one person told me that it was because I was adding weight and I was like, Really? Like, so at the end of the day, I always say understanding is, you know, there are times when you cannot understand and you just have to go with your guts. But I feel like if you're a good person, being a good person at heart and, you know, with the exposure and, you know, understanding that people's lives are different, when you approach circumstances where understanding is limited or things you cannot understand, you would know how best to respond to that particular um, situation. So that's what I just feel, you know, just even when people tell you things like, okay, when someone is feeling, because I, I read a lot of, you know, how to cheer people, like how to cheer people up or how to respond to it. Like if you're chatting with me on WhatsApp, you notice that I don't know how to be lively on WhatsApp. People have complained about me not using emojis. People have complained about me always punctuating on ending my shit with the full stop and the stuff. But that's just that's just good sentence construction. Apparently, you know, if it's in an informal setting, you know, it it makes you look rigid. So I've had to like go on Google and say how to respond to or you know what to do when your friend is this. Just because, you know, while I am concerned about you, while I want to engage you, I want, I'm not just doing it to get like 
irresponsible. I want to do it the right, the right way. way yeah. Exactly. So again, if you don't have the energy to go through the understanding, leave them the fuck alone. Like it's just that simple. I think I think that's that's a very good way to end it. If you don't have the energy to understand what people are going through, leave them the fuck alone. The immortal words of Ifedola. <laughs> so, um, that's how we're going to end this. But I noticed that we actually didn't do any proper introduction. So, yeah. this introduction is coming at the end. So, Ifedola has the floor to introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ifedola. Uh, okay, um, who am I? I'm Fedora for girl 24. Yeah, 24. Um, I'm a content developer, you know. I basically write for a living. <laughs> and, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I think my most defining um, habits would be my love for puzzles. Yeah, notice yeah, the I whole know. Rubik's Cube and... Yeah, I've yeah. always loved puzzles, especially mathematical puzzles. Oh, wow. Yes. Speaking like a genius, that's nice. Please. Insert, insert the rest <laughs> Those of Those things you. come with instructions. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a very... I'm a nice person. Yeah, that, I, 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 would, <laughs> I would say that... Your your online persona does not actually do justice to your offline person. Oh yeah, that is. You, is that true. is that intentional? It's not intentional, but I'm the kind of person that compartmentalizes her life. Mm. So the federal people you meet offline is different from the federal people you meet online. Mm, okay. So there's always that sharp difference. People who see me online and you know sort of we get a good rapport doesn't mean that you meet me in person now we'll be automatically the, yeah, because yeah. the federal people on Instagram is actually not the federal people on Twitter, but. I'm not saying that I am trying to be a hypocrite or posing as something that multiple every different yeah, different aspects of my life and that informs like the it, content. It gives you the I balance, share. it helps you balance everything. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, um um that's it, Jerry. There's nothing to know about me, just I'm a content creator. The only interesting thing about me is that I love puzzles. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. So um thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming all the way from Ogba to Lebeda. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. <laughs> and especially that article. Oh. I think everybody needs to read that basically. At least even if you hate it, still read it. Let it get more views. But <laughs> thanks so much. Thank you for your time, Hi. your honesty. Thank and, you. And um, what else do I thank you for again? Oh, yeah. Thank oh. you for the food you gave me. And baby. thank you for not eating ketchup. <laughs> you saved me some. I think I'll use it for yeah. my next time. By the way, if you guys want to feature, you can also like, reach out to him. Definitely. Oh, please do. Which I, <laughs> yeah, I would feel you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have chinchin in my house. I'll feed you. Yeah. Chin -chin. But it's all good. Yeah. So. Thank you, and um, it's a wrap. This episode of the You and I podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs>